What number is this, Chip? Episode 39. The Monkeys Finally Coming to Blu-ray. And The Monkeys Live 2015 Wrap-Up. Okay, don't, mean it. don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I'm You're listening to Zilch, a Monkeys podcast. that familiar music you know you are listening to your monkeys podcast zilch my name is ken mills i'm one of the hosts here and let's introduce the rest of the host we have jeff hewlett i just swam in with the porpoises and boy are my arms tired ken <laughs> craig cohen hi ken you know it's always a pleasure to come here and monkey around with you guys sarah clark Ni hao. i think that's hello and slow in chinese well there you go and melanie mitchell yellow Blue and green. Well, it's definitely an exciting time in Monkey Land. The tours just ended, and here we are with some big, exciting news. Something we've been talking about ever since the beginning of this episode, since episode zero. I believe that Jeff and Craig and myself talked about what we would like to see in a Monkey's Blu-ray. Well, guess what? It's time to sharpen up those uh, comments again, because here we are. It is actually happening. Here's Mickey Dolans to talk about the Monkeys finally coming on Blu-ray. Mickey Dolans and Peter Tall, good morning to you. Good morning to you. I I wish I could go back and look at those old episodes all over again. They're coming out, as a matter of fact. They're coming out. Your fondest wishes (laughs) come true. You you ask, you shall receive. That's good. They're coming out in Blu ray uh, Uh uh, in a few months next year. It's a box set. Yeah, big, beautiful. How many shows were there all together? Eight. Eight series? No, eight episodes. No, there's more than eight episodes. I'm joking. (laughs) 56. 56, that was 52. 52, 56. Over what period? A couple of years? Sorry? Over what period? That's right, just two years. Well, back then it was 26 a year, and nowadays you only do maybe 13 a year. So it would be the equivalent now of a four-year run, essentially. So there you have it from Mickey himself. And Andrew Sandoval has been tweeting and putting out info on his Facebook page, and the show is available right now for pre-order there are only 10,000 of them being made so you want to get in and get yours reserved Jeff Hewlett what do you think here we are we're finally here the monkeys on blu-ray who would have thought yeah well, well I mean it had to happen that the format's been around a while but uh, mm-hmm. you know it, with every with every plus comes some minuses it's gonna be nice to see things on blu-ray but I'm a little bit concerned with the 10,000 limited edition i'm sure they'll put out another one after the fact it's got a stripped down version out there and mm-hmm. you know and, and the, the price seems a little bit on the steep side for me well, well jeff coming from our star trek podcast where the individual seasons were priced um you know um not on sale for what around 105 dollars each this almost seems like a bargain yeah but you could pick up all three seasons together now for you know, less than seventy bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot more content. So, I'm sure this is a you know, and 
being in a limited edition, I guess, kind of justifies the price. Um, I guess a secret hope of mine is that there's some isolated vocal tracks on there, meaning that all the dialogues on the center channel. So maybe we can actually get some isolated audio of some of that incidental music finally. That oh, would be wouldn't nice. That'd be nice. That would be so cool. I guess we should mention that the price point is two hundred dollars. A lot of people think that that's kind of pricey. I will say that when the uh, Batman Blu-ray set came out this last year, that it was around that price. Mm-hmm. You also got a bunch of uh, books and toys and cards and stuff like that. So who knows it, you know, what all will come with this. I do believe that eventually there will be a stripped-down version like Jeff has said. The one thing I would like to see is a video jukebox. And to me, it doesn't seem like it would be something that would be that hard to do. Sarah Clark, your thoughts? I know that a lot of people swallowed hard when they saw that $200 price tag, uh, and it was actually closer to $230 by the time approximately 38 seconds later that I had logged into the uh, Rhino website and pre-ordered my Blu-ray. But I just want to share two words with you that should help put it in perspective. Head outtakes. We have heard rumors of these wonderful outtakes that were sitting in a vault or in Bob Rafelson's garage somewhere disintegrating. Andrew got them. Andrew found high-quality negatives. They are being uh, restored and mastered in 4K, Super HD, a lot of buzzwords that I don't totally know, but Mm -hmm. we've got those. We are going to be getting commercials, some of which have never been seen before, even from what I understand on the bootleg market. Um, the, uh, The extras are yet to come. I think... Knowing what I know about what Andrew Sandoval has done for this fandom over the last 20 years, and Andrew Sandoval is the reason we are having this conversation. Andrew Sandoval is the reason we have this podcast and the tour and everything that is going on. I trust Andrew Sandoval. As far as what I would like to see that hasn't been announced yet, I would love a proper release of the 1997 TV special. Uh, It's one of those things that I think holds a special place in all of our hearts because it was one of the last things that all four monkeys did as a group. So Mm -hmm. that's my two bits. Now, a lot of people will say, well, Rhino doesn't own that, that it's actually owned by Mike Nesmith or all four guys together. However and whoever owns it, we just want it on this set. It'll, it'll really be a crying shame if the powers that be can't pull this one together. Melanie, what would you be looking for? Well, I guess the first thing I'd be looking for is a Blu-ray player. Uh, <laughs> I am usually at least two steps behind the current technology, and I have a DVD player, not a Blu-ray player. So I'm going to have uh, to consider the value of the uh, the package before I make my decision. I'm going to be a little bit of the wet blanket here. I hope these extras make it worth it. My top priority would be to have A Lizard Sunning Itself on a Rock, which is the proper title of the 1997 special. Um, that does... I have a feeling if that was going to be on there, they would have said so. And the fact that they haven't said so means it's not going to be on there. Well, it, um, it means they haven't confirmed it because Andrew did say that he they're still negotiating on some things. Okay, well, I, I hope Spring's Eternal. Exactly. Um, it's never been put out in any form other than the original broadcast, so uh, definitely would be something I'd love to see. Um, I'd love to have the uh, alternate 
songs to each of the romps so that you could play an episode with the original romps mm, music cool. or either the 67 summer rerun music or the CBS ABC Saturday morning music. I'd love to have some new commentary tracks, although I have a feeling they'll just recycle the commentary tracks from the current set of DVDs. But then I am a pessimist, so pessimists are usually pleasantly surprised. So uh, we'll sit tight and see what happens. I also wouldn't mind seeing those videotapes that they put out around the time of like Heart and Soul or the time that they did Justice that they put out. Those would be mm-hmm. pretty darn neat too, and we know that Rhino owns those. So, Craig Cohen, your thoughts? What would you look for? It seems like it's it's pretty loaded. I'm more concerned about them being able to get all the resta- uh, restoration work done in time. This is coming out in January, which is really not that far from now if you think about completely restoring film elements. I hope that they, they do the work properly and, and deliver a product that is of very high quality. Aside from that, there's not really much that's not here. I can't imagine anybody doesn't that's that's gonna buy this doesn't own it already, which is you know is kind of funny and makes the whole ten thousand piece release you know a little head scratching. But what were the um, counts for the recent handmade album releases of that first album? I can't remember. Yeah, it was under ten thousand though, I believe. Five thousand is the number that's coming to mind, but I'm not sure if it wasn't a little lower than that. Yeah, and I don't think that's sold out yet. Right. And if you look at the price, if if you take a handmade set, they those clock in at $70, $60, whatever. Yeah, so this is a bargain in, in comparison. Yeah. And if you also look at it that if you were going to buy the BBS box set just for head, that's mm-hmm. 60 to $90 depending on when and how you buy it. So, yeah. You know. Now, here, Craig, I, I thought when I asked you what would you be looking for, in this set, I thought you would say one of those coupons that you get in the email from Rhino giving you 20% off. So, <laughs> Yeah, that, that wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> uh, Craig, you know, you mentioned that don't have much time to meet their January deadline as far as the show goes, is getting that yeah. remastered. Who's to say they haven't been working on this for a while? And oh, yeah, that yeah. Now that the tour was over, it was time to announce something to keep the monkey's name out there. Yeah, it's just really, really surprising that if work was being done, it wasn't leaked. Um, a lot of people are very good at keeping their mouths shut, and I, I actually envy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was lovely how they dropped the release, though, because it was on the exact 50th anniversary of the day. Uh, the famous Madness ad was posted in uh, Variety and Hollywood Reporter. I had just shared that uh little tidbit of uh, trivia to the Facebook page, and I think not an hour later they they announced the Blu-ray set. Excellent. And speaking of handmade sets, friend and fan, Derek Webb, he's on our Facebook page for Zilch. He was over in England and ran into Andrew Sandoval, who confirmed that, yes, they are working on a More of the Monkeys handmade set. So that's that's great news. I know, Jeff, you are a big collector of those handmade sets. What are you looking for in that? Yeah, now this actually really excites me. I'm glad to hear they're pushing forward with with more of these handmade sets. It sounds like they'll keep progressing through and and finally get everything Mm -hmm. out in the handmade section. But, you know, I think if you listen back to some of our prior discussions about more of the monkeys, one of my biggest laments was some of the tracks just don't sound that great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do 
to spruce up some of the tra- some of the tracks on the album that just don't sound up to par with the rest of the better sounding tracks in the album. Maybe we can get a more even production quality out of this. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I know that for myself, uh, Jeff, you kind of got me turned on to these handmade sets. Uh, there are days that I curse you, and I thank God for you. So, <laughs> 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 Because once you start buying them, once you start accumulating them, it's it, it's it's a hard thing to stop. Yeah, so, they are quite addictive. Yeah, and but they're worth it to me. They are. Oh, definitely. There's you. You just get to hear the monkeys in ways that you never thought possible. They really do take you into the studio for all intents and purposes. They, it's kind of like traveling back through time and enjoying it all again for the first time. Yeah, they look great on a shelf, all lined up together. Absolutely. And I think we should let people know that uh, you're going to be heading up something soon, and that is our Monkeys 45 discussions. And you're going to be heading those up, and you're going to be pulling in some of the non-regular Zilch people in, along with Craig. And you guys are going to break down the Monkeys 45, the A-side, the B-side, how they were chosen, the impact of the song, and what it's been like as far as them playing it live. I'm looking forward to this. Do you have any thoughts or anything you'd like to say about this? You will not to spill all of the beans at this point, but this is something I think we've been talking about mm-hmm. for quite a while now, ever since before we even started our first recording. I think we were talking about doing stuff like this. So it's going to kind of fill in all the gaps because we're going to do all the, the regular albums proper, but there were a lot of songs out there that didn't really... Uh, fit on the albums and there's some things that only existed as singles and some b-sides and stuff that are need to be talked about as well and and down the road further we're going to be getting into all of the other stuff you know the alternate tracks and the unreleased stuff so this is kind of a lead up to when we finally get there right well and this will also give us more monkey music to talk about and we can piggyback these on our episodes where we have our monkeys color cast commentaries so you, you'll get more monkey bang for your buck with two two kinds of episodes in one. <laughs> Remember those commercials? <laughs> two great tastes in one kind of thing. What was that, double mint? Two mints in one. Two mints in one. It was certs, wasn't it? Two mints in one. I think so. Wow. Do they still make certs? The glistening drop of retin, yeah. Ah. See, my, my breath never stinks, so I wouldn't know. If he kissed you once, will he kiss you again? Be certain with certs, the delicious candy mint that stops bad breath. Delicious candy mint, perfect breath mint. Certs is two, two, two mints in one. Certs contains a sparkling drop of retin to stop bad breath. With certs, if he kissed you once, he'll kiss you again. Be certain with certs. Onions for dinner, can you tell? Yes, actually. Yeah. We'll have to get those microphone screens up more. Um, well, let's continue to monkey around as we dive into our monkey's mailbag. P.O. Box 9847. And today we're going to turn it over to Mr. Craig Cohen. Let's dive in there and open up that mail. Oh, this is from Darlene McNabb. Hello, Zilch Gang. I recently found your Monkeys broadcast. My son, who works at home and listens to podcasts to pass the time, told me that there is a podcast for almost everything. After doing a search on iTunes, he found your show for me. I am taken back to the days I thought long gone by. 
It is so wonderful to know that there are so many Monkees fans out there. Your broadcast makes me feel like a teen, and it is great to hear about the entire history of the guys. My vision is not what it used to be, but my son streams the episodes to the TV, and I can see the art for each show on the big screen. My son recently purchased the TV show on DVD, and I watch it and listen to your shows. My granddaughter is now a fan. She is eight years old and thinks the monkeys are all cute. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, thank you all for your program. I think that Craig Cohen, oh, wow, sounds like a professional announcer that was here on the radio in the 70s. Oh, my God. That is so nice of you to say. You are also knowledgeable and are a joy to listen to. Thank you for all your hard work. You always put a smile on my face. P.S. My son sent this email to you since I do not have an email account. Darlene McNabb, Redmond, Oregon. Thank you very much, Darlene. That sexy, dulcet tones of Craig Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) Darlene, we want to thank you for writing in. And we want to thank your son for taking the time to find this podcast for you. And we hope that you continue listening. And we do this because we love it. And we love this band, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And if you want to hear more of uh, Craig... Cohen's dulcet tones. You can find him and Jeff over at the Tricorder Transmission, which is a show about the original Star Trek television series. So you can check that out. I guess it's time to play an ad just for you, the Zilch listeners. Mickey Dolan's of the Monkeys here, getting ready to host the 2016 Flower Power Cruise, starring my good friends Felix Cavallari's Rascals, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Herman's Hermit, starring Peter Noon, The Guess Who, Grassroots, Jefferson Starship, The Turtles, and Mark Lindsay from Paul Revere and the Raiders. We're taking the love generation to the high seas and reliving the 60s. We'll celebrate that unbelievable era with the music that made it so special. Imagine enjoying all that great music on the fabulous Celebrity Constellation, leaving from Fort Lauderdale and making ports of call in Cozumel and Key West. You'll be back in the days of long hair, peace signs, and so much more with special themed events and 30 fun-filled celebrity meet and greets. Cabins are filling up fast, so come on, relive the era you remember so well. The Flower Power Cruise, sailing February 29th, 2016. Hope to see you all there. Don't miss the boat. (laughs) Who writes this stuff? For complete information and Monkey Fans discounts, contact Jody Ritson at www.monkeysconventions2016.com. So, what do we have coming up over the next month or so? Melanie, would you like to give us your concert calendar for what's to come? Well, I only know about the ones that I'm going to. I'm going to be seeing uh, Mickey at 54 Below on the 25th of September. He's doing the show again the next night, the 26th. The following weekend, Shoe Suede Blues is doing three shows. Friday, October 2nd in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. Saturday evening in Edgewood, Maryland. And then Sunday, the 4th of October, is a Peter Tork Shoe Suede Blues 21st birthday fan party and i'm going to be there and i hope to see some of these zilch listeners there it's going to be a lot of fun i'm real excited about it i have Excellent. no idea what happens at a fan party but i'm going to have fun anyway are you going to take a fan it's probably going to be cool enough that i'll be able to get by without one um, that's cool hey wow it's a groovy button what does it say love is the ultimate trip oh gee that's a nice thought gee that's a neat button what does it say <laughs> let's go again and now we're going to discuss 
the monkeys live in 2015 this last summer we've been blessed with the monkeys on the road and it may not be a three keys monkey it may be a two keys but it's still better than no monkeys at all and it's great to see the guys out on the road and we love seeing mickey dolans and peter torque so what's to complain about so no keys is what we have now yes no keys okay but i have these keys <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> So not everybody got to see them, and those that did, uh, you probably walked out of the event with a smile on your face. And Sarah, I know you went to see the monkeys. When did you see them? I went to see the monkeys on July 31st in Nashville. Uh, it was a wonderful evening. Uh, I wrote about it a bit on uh, Fandom Lenses, my semi-extinct blog that comes out of extinction whenever I go to a monkeys concert, basically. Some highlights of the night for me were probably Randy Skowskit is always a favorite. I loved that Peter has taken to donning the poncho in recent uh, recent outings uh, before handing it over to Mickey. I think my show in Nashville may have been the first time he pulled that particular stunt, but they uh, quickly worked it into the show. This one I wrote about my experiences in uh, in the UK back in the... 60s. I'm told I had a great time. Uh, and this is a song about the uh, adventures that I had, that, that I can talk about <clears throat> in public. Reminds me of the 
acoustic set just as a whole was lovely. I hadn't heard Take a Giant Step live since uh, 1997, summer of 97, when I saw uh, Peter Tork and James Lee Stanley uh, in two-man band. That was actually the first time I ever saw a monkey live. So it was lovely to kind of go full circle and get to hear that live again. And then I guess the third thing, I'm going to give this, the third highlight is actually a tie between the two of them. Sugar Sugar and Saved by the Blues, which were Mickey and Peter's uh, solo spots the night I heard them. Mm -hmm. Both of those were just incredible, and they really knocked it out of, out of the park. Sugar Sugar, you have not lived until you have seen Mickey say the word turbinado in that special way that only he can so <laughs> okay and they they they've been doing a bit of an acoustic set in the middle of the show correct correct yes and uh they did the night i i saw them they did toe the top off my head kind of the last little bit of it live then take a giant step sometime in the morning papa jeans blues all, and i'll spend my life with you hmm and as weird as this is going to sound, we're hearing them do Midnight Train with Coco. I have to uh, tell them what the name of the group that you came up with, you. Did I? Yeah. It was uh, DDT. <laughs> Dolan's Dolan's and Torque. <laughs> Not to mention an insecticide that broke the eggs. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to do what these two guys, you know, they got this thing. You've been there. And, and by the way, just for the, you monkey files out there, this first time we've ever sung this in public. First time. Rich, keep it up. Thank God, I don't have to sing it. Yes, you lucky thing. I, I, and, and you said uh, Mickey or Coco told a story about a show that the three of them had done uh, one time, just a one-night thing? Yeah, they had this extraordinary photograph from the early 70s. I'm not exactly sure 
the, the timing, but I'm guessing somewhere around 71 or so, Mickey, Coco, and Peter together on the stage at the Troubadour. It was an open mic night, and they just showed up and went up on stage together and did some, some songs. They didn't say which songs, but it was the, the three of them together, Mickey with a guitar and Peter with his banjo. The photograph is hilarious. Mickey and Coco were both in their curly hair out to their shoulders phase, and Peter was at the height, or should I say the length, of his Jesus phase, um, <laughs> with the hair down past his shoulders. <laughs> I just wanted to give all our viewers and, and listeners who have been so nice to us, I wanted to give them our Christmas message, which is about love and peace. Now, and wait, hold it. You can't, man, come on, it's the middle of February. You can't give them a Christmas message now. Well, why not? Why not? Well, because you just, you don't, well, uh, well. Half the fun of going to a monkey's concert is the wonderful people you meet. I finally actually got to meet Sherry Hansen. We've, uh, she is the semi-quasi-official photographer for the monkey's tours these days. Uh, she was photographing the, song, uh, the shows that I went to in Nashville and then the one the following night in St. Louis. And uh, we also were invited to dinner, uh, me and my friend Cindy and some other monkey's people, with a uh, hardcore monkey's collector. I got to see his awesome just room full of monkeys and other memorabilia. Uh, Stephen Coleman, who lives in the Nashville area, uh, he uh, had all of his monkeys friends over and we had hamburgers at his house before the show and it was awesome and I got to meet a bunch of people who I really only knew through Facebook profile photos and usernames on various forums and that's always kind of the best part. And I even ran into a couple of Zilch listeners throughout the uh, evening, either both before and after the show, people saw the shirt and came up and said, are you a zilch? And I said, yes. And they uh, talked about how much they enjoyed the show as well. And I even got a couple of them to record those little you are listening to zilch bumpers that uh, hopefully we'll be working into future episodes of the show. Wow, I can't Sarah, wait to hear you've those. you had a chance to meet uh, Jamie Hitchcock, too. Well, I shouldn't say meet, because you already knew Jamie, but she was Yes, there, right? Jamie and I go all the way back to her Princess Gwen days. But no, we got to meet up again, and we uh, hung out uh, some on the evening of the show, but then the next day, Cindy and I went with her out to the Nashville zoo and you know jamie and i are kind of used to the summer heat but my uh my one of my my best friend sin she's from toledo so you know it was a little bit of adjustment but we all got through and we got to see red pandas and you know just hang out and have fun and talk about all kinds of fun fandom stuff because that's that to me is the real joy of uh the monkeys is just all of the cool people you meet in this group because i don't think i've ever met a bad monkeys fan now, Jeff, you had a chance to look over the set list. Did you have any favorite songs that jumped out at you or anything that you were surprised they did or something that you would have liked to have heard? Well, sadly, I, I wasn't able to see them this time around, and, and seeing some of the songs that are on these set lists makes me even sadder, uh, especially Going Down. I, I'm one of my favorite monkey songs of all time, and I, I, just, I would have loved to have seen Mickey do that now and, and compare it to what he sounded like back then. I'm sure he still sounds great doing that. Taking off my shoes It's from Pageant News 
be wet and cold. Don't you forget it nice. Should take her advice. Don't wanna go on home. I gladly leave that girl alone. But wait to spend the night. If I don't drown, I'll die fright. Left on me high and flow. Can't swim a single note. Be me and teach me how I take that flow like a mama cow. Now float it away down stream. Oh, there's that to be a dream. Some of the some of the lesser known tracks from Head I see made it in there. So long title and and Can You Dig It? Both of those would have been really really spectacular to hear live. And uh, one thing I'm glad I missed though is D.W. Washburn. Sorry everybody. <laughs> Sad you know, to see that made it into the set. They could have put something else in there. It's time for me to stick up for songs. I stuck up for Sugar Sugar back in the day, and I think history has vindicated me. Uh, but I'm going to stick up for D.W. Washburn. I was never a big fan of this song in its released versions, but hearing it live, Mickey and Peter doing it, they just... I wonder if it's another one of those songs that you have to be a little older to do well because Mickey just knocked that thing out of the park. And I hope Ken takes this as a cue to play a bit from one of the recent shows. Who, me? You mean like this?
almost have to agree with Sarah because I never really cared for the song, but Mickey now kind of acts out the song, if that makes any sense. He kind of inhabits a little bit more, and uh, he, he kind of sells it. Well, there is a YouTube video of this. It looks pretty professionally shot, and I did take the time to listen to it, so I'm not coming in here uh, uneducated. Uh, it still didn't really work that well for me, but one thing I'm very excited about, though, is that there are several videos I saw from, from this tour, and it looks like there's a professional uh, full concert out there somewhere. Maybe we'll get some sort of a DVD at some point. Jeff, I, I believe the video you saw is from one of the Aurelia shows. The venue had a really great videographer working um, and projecting the show live on screens off to the side of the stage on either side because the auditorium is very wide. And so people who were sitting off to the sides couldn't see the stage very well. It was amazing work, and there are, I think, four videos on YouTube from the Aurelia shows that are just delightfully, wonderfully done, and D.W. Washburn is one of them. I'd like to say about D.W. Washburn, it's, it's almost as if they had taken a number, a you know, crowd-pleasing number out of a big Broadway show and plopped it down in the middle of the Monkees show because it really is a dramatic performance. Since seeing D.W. Washburn, I in live, I listened to the recording from the 1960s, and I gotta say, Mickey had a beautiful voice when he was young, but he could not embody that character when he was young. And he can embody that character now, and that's what makes the difference. It's just, it, it was an absolute spectacular highlight of the show for me, every time. Very good. She knows her mind all right, your Auntie Griselda now She says she knows my kind, she might maybe so Boy, how yeah, she's raised you right, your Auntie Griselda You only know the thing she wants you to know I know she's having a fit She doesn't like me one little bit No bird of place ever lives on Auntie Griselda You can't begrudge her style, your Auntie Griselda. She couldn't budge her smile and do it for free. It's all right, just making fudge, your Auntie Griselda. So proper judging others over her teeth.
One of the songs I was really thrilled to see come back this summer was That Was Then and This Is Now. I feel that that's kind of been something that the guys kind of shied away with. I don't know whether it was because Davey never really cared for it or maybe it was because Mike didn't have anything to do with it. But uh, it's, it's nice to see that come back to the set list. When they performed That Was Then, This Is Now in Morristown and Lancaster, they had the composer of the song uh, on stage with Mickey singing it with him, Vance Brescia. And he was with the band The Mosquitoes, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool that they got to uh, perform that live. Yeah. Craig, was there anything that you really particularly would have liked to have heard that you saw in the set list? Uh, listen to the band. That is my favorite monkey song on most days and the thought that this version of the monkeys would perform that song um, is really intriguing to me because it seems like such a Mike song to me I assume Mickey sang it yes yes but um, always a song I would love to hear live well you know Craig you mentioned something I wasn't going to bring it up but we we both like other bands and I'm not going to mention those other bands because we talk about them enough but it would be the kind of thing that if those other bands were performing and someone else sang someone else's songs we would see on message boards where people were complaining oh Mickey sang Mike's song or something like that you know what I mean and it seems like that's never been an issue in the monkeys yeah it's very cool yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where if you're going to be a Monkees fan for any longer than about 18 months, you have to kind of take a philosophical attitude about the Monkees who are interested in being on stage at that particular point in time are the only band that's going to exist. So you just need to sit back and enjoy them and uh, accept that different people will sing different songs and just as the song goes, listen to the band. (laughs) I also, Ken, would have liked to have seen Mickey without his hat, which I understand happened at one of the shows. Yes, it almost broke the internet. (laughs) (laughs) He took his hat off when when Peter was presenting him with the tablecloth uh, poncho and um, he took his hat off and hung it on a microphone stand. And then Peter put the poncho on himself, and Mickey stood there and waited for Peter to take the poncho off of himself so that he could put it on Mickey, and that whole time the hat was off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Jeff, let me ask you a question about how the monkeys uh, would sing other people's song. Do you think that that has anything to do with the fact that it was kind of based on a TV show, so like the show must go on kind of a thing? Sure. Well, I mean, you know, there there's some great tracks out there that deserve to be played, and I, if if Mike can't be there to sing them, I don't see why someone else can't fill in for him. But when you see some of the other monkeys solo, they sing songs that were originally sung by other monkeys, and that's perfectly fine. I, I don't think there's much of an issue with that. And um, I mean, I can see why people may have trouble with it, but you know, I, I think the songs themselves. Are, are, it should be included in the set list. I, I, just because certain members aren't there anymore, it doesn't mean their song should be retired, in my opinion. Correct, correct. Let's also keep in mind that if you limited the monkeys to singing the songs they originally sang, then you might as well just have a Mickey solo show because Peter could do Auntie Griselda in half of words and then go home. <laughs> um, and while he is playing throughout the concert, either on the guitar or on the keyboards, you know, you you have to balance it off a little bit, and and that is something I noticed particularly in the show in Lancaster, which was the middle of the three in late August. Mickey sounded very tired. 
particularly in the first half of the show. When he got to the song She, during the instrumental break of that song, he actually, unceremoniously and without any attempt to make it look like he was doing something entertaining, walked away from the microphone off to the wings where somebody handled, handed him a bottle of water. Yeah. And then he took a swig of the bottle of water while the instrumental break was going on and then started singing again. And in fact, I think he, I'm pretty sure he sang one line of the song into the water bottle instead of the microphone. <laughs> but that was for a laugh. That'll probably um, be on, on a box set someday, the, <laughs> the variant uh, but, water bottle version. In that same concert, at the end of the first half of the show, they actually dropped in an additional song that was not in the expected set list, and, and that is they added Solfeggietto, which is the CPE Bach piece that Peter played at the end of 33 and a third. He just, Peter looked up and said to Mickey, is this when I do that old thing? <laughs> and Mickey nodded and <laughs> stepped away, and Peter was, and he said, I'm scared. <laughs> And then he started playing, and he did okay. It wasn't spectacular, but it was clearly something that was added to give Mickey a rest. Now, what's the name of that song again? Solfeggietto. I could have swore I ordered that at Olive Garden the other night. Yeah, with with unlimited breadsticks and salad, yes. <laughs> hey, this is Bobby Hart, and you're listening to Zilch on Monkey's Podcast. You're a professional. <laughs> From the man who wrote the songs that outsold the Beatles and the Rolling Stones in 1967 and 1968 comes the story of the first decades of his life in Hollywood, New York. The new book, Psychedelic Bubblegum, Voice and Heart, The Monkeys, and Turning Mayhem into Miracles. Available May 12, 2015. Immerse yourself in Grammy, Golden Globe, and Academy Award-nominated songwriter Bobby Hart's world. As half of the duo of Voice and Heart, he and his partner, Tommy Boyce, wrote the songs that launched the Monkees to stardom and eventually reaching over 100 million in sales. Psychedelic Bubblegum is a roller coaster ride through the 60s and 70s during America's whirlwind era of free speech, mysticism, psychedelic pop culture, and of course, rock and roll. If you're into the 60s and 70s pop, Psychedelic Bubblegum is a must-read book. Written by Bobby Hart with Glenn Ballantyne and a foreword by Mickey Dolenz. Find Bobby Hart at Facebook, go to the Psychedelic Bubblegum Facebook page, and go to bobbyhart.com for full details. Now, Melanie, you saw the boys where? I saw the show four times, twice in Aurelia, and then in Morristown and Lancaster. So that was late April and then late August. So... I was sort of collecting shows this year, making up for last year. Yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, we, we you played um, Going Down earlier, and I, our friend Ian Lee got to sing a verse of Going Down at the show in London. Ah, yes. Yes. What a thrill that must have been. Yeah. What a trip. Speaking of something else that happened in, in London, the, the final song of that night's show at the, what is it, the Mosley Folk Festival in Birmingham, That's, yes, England? Yes, in Birmingham. Yeah. Yes. In Birmingham, I should say. Birmingham. If <laughs> yes. you're a Black Sabbath fan, it's Birmingham. Right, Craig? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Monkees closed the Mosley Folk Festival in Birmingham, England, with special guests the Polyphonic Spree. And they're kind of an eclectic band. How could you describe them for us, uh, Sarah? Coral Rock. And I actually discovered them a few years ago just bopping around on YouTube because they have been known to do porpoise song from time to time in like this full 
orchestral rock version live, and you should hunt this down if you can find it. But they were also headlining the Mosley Folk Festival, and I guess I've played it a few times, but when the end of the monkey set rolled around, they came on stage, and that was their curtain call song. They did uh, Porpoise Song, and there is some video floating around out there. The mix on the audio isn't the best, but it's if you can find it, I, I really encourage you watch or listen to it, because it's just one of those kind of magical, once-in-all-lifetime concert moments. personnel for this tour. We have Rich Dart returning, our good friend uh, of Zilch on the drums back there, uh, kicking it, 
as usual. He's fantastic. And uh, Wayne a Avers on guitar. And we have David Alexander. So John Billings on bass. And we had Coco. And for people who saw the shows in California and Canada, there was also Aviva Maloney on woodwinds and keyboards and background vocals. So, Jeff, you were talking about how there's these really nice, nicely filmed videos from this tour. It makes you wonder if we ever will see this released on a DVD or Blu-ray. Well, if it's, if it's as uh, I was corrected before, a venue-specific uh, production, I'm, I'm not sure if they would ever do that, unless, the, unless the, they had some sort of a contract in which the, you know, somebody could release that footage. I mean, there's venues around here in New Jersey that do something similar, mm -hmm. where uh, you know, I, I I've been to so many shows where the, the venue themselves has a, a decent camera set up, and will actually do some interesting zooms and pans, and you can see the big screens playing, but the fact that they actually recorded this, though, I don't think any of those shows that, that I was that I was present at that had that type of a technology and used were, were recording it and releasing it. So it's interesting that these made it to YouTube in a higher quality format. It's not, it doesn't look like somebody, you know, bootlegged them at all. This looks like it could have no. come directly from whatever feed they were. Mm -hmm. This running. was directly from the feed. If I could describe a couple of things from those videos, um, hopefully we'll, we'll link to them in the show notes. Um, I was there for both of the Aurelia shows and, and for one of them I was able to see the, the screens quite clearly. Um, first of all, they had a camera angle from directly overhead looking down on the drums. And so it's a really interesting camera angle. Um, they, I think they must have had three or four cameras and somebody in the control booth switching back and forth because it was very visually interesting with close-ups and, and group shots and, and all kinds of stuff. But the most fascinating thing, and unfortunately this is not one of the videos that made it onto YouTube, I hope someday somebody releases a bootleg of this because somebody must have been filming what was on those screens, I hope. Um, but I'll try to describe it well. The song was long title, Do I Have to Do This All Over Again? And Peter was playing guitar and singing in the middle of the stage, and above his head was the monkeys video. Not the venue's video, but the, venue, the video that Andrew Sandoval and his team put together. Um, and that happened to be, for this song, that scene from Head, which is the party scene with all the solarization. Mm -hmm. Okay, you with me so far? Yes. Okay, so on the screens off to the side, what we were seeing was Peter, but they had masked him out somehow, like a green screen process, only he wasn't wearing green. But he and his guitar were being replaced by the solarization from the film that was over his head. So they were actually projecting head onto his body while he was performing the song. That is so trippy. It is incredibly trippy. It was insanely wild. And after the concert, I was talking to friends that, uh, who were there and saying, did you see that? Did you see that? And they were all like, no, I was watching the stage. That <laughs> was like, oh my God, I'm the only one who saw it. So the next night, everyone was watching the screens and they didn't do it. Aww. That was when Melanie realized that she had indeed taken the blue pill. Yeah. Or the red yeah. pill or what, whichever one. I will tell a secret. I have a couple of still photographs of that effect, and I will share them with the show notes if you're nice to me. That's groovy, man. Yeah, Please do yes. so. I'll bring over cheesecake. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> well, 
Melanie, I understand that you ran into somebody who was on Zilch recently. Would you like to tell us who that is? I would be very happy to. At the Lancaster show, I spotted a young fellow in a blue and white striped shirt in the lobby of the theater, and I thought, my God, is that Dylan Wrights? So I went over and said hello, and he is such a sweet little boy. He was just vibrating right out of his shoes, and he had a wonderful night, which I'm sure uh, Sarah asked him about. Yes, as some of you listeners may remember, Dylan Wrights did that wonderful Lego recreation of the monkey's opening credits. And that recreation not only caught the eye of us here at Zilch, it did not escape the notice of Mickey Dolenz and Peter Tork. And this was the beginning of a wonderful adventure for our eight-year-old auteur, which he is going to tell you about right now. So, back with us today on Zilch is the Steven Spielberg of YouTube Lego Stop Motion Video, Dylan Wrights and his dad, Rick. Hey, guys. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Hi. Now, since the last time we talked about your really cool video that you did about the monkeys opening credits, you guys went to the monkeys concert in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and we understand that you had a bit of an adventure. How did it all get started? Because of my video. Well, what happened was uh, we were we were contacted by Mickey Dolan's wife Donna. Right. She sort, of, she sort of explained to us what possibly was going to happen. So, uh, we, even when we went to the concert, we weren't quite sure. Um, I mean, we knew that they were going to take us backstage, and, and that Mickey wanted to talk to Dylan on the stage. But beyond that, we weren't really quite sure what to expect. But I, you know, Dylan can take it from there. What what it was like. Well, I heard, well, actually, I didn't just hear. I saw some really cool photos of you meeting Mickey and Peter. What was that like? When I met Mickey and Peter, I was very happy, and I gave them hugs. Yeah, I saw a really cool one of you giving Mickey a hug. That was sweet. Yeah, he jumped into his arms. Well, we went to see Peter first, and mm-hmm. he was talking to Peter for a few minutes, and then we were walking across the backstage, and he saw Mickey, and then... Screamed Mickey, and then ran after him and jumped into his arm. Aww, that's so sweet. That is so adorable. I love that photo of the two of them. So, what did you guys talk about? Did you talk? Talk? Just say hi backstage. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I really like Mickey, and I hugged him. Mm-hmm. I talked to him a little bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, like your dad said, I heard that they played your whole video during the show because they've been playing parts of it in the intro, but you guys got, they played the whole video all the way through for your show. And then, I guess, Mickey interviewed you on stage in front of everybody? Yeah. What was that like, to get standing up in front of all those people? When I walked out, I was like a celebrity. <laughs> Yeah, everybody was cheering. It was really cool. Yeah. Were you nervous at all, Dylan? I was not nervous. I could tell. You you looked like you looked like you might be up there yourself in, you know, another 10, 15 years. You you definitely did not look nervous. Uh, it, was it really exciting getting to talk to Mickey and kind of tell everybody more about your video? Yeah. Cool. I also saw some video of you sitting backstage by Mickey's big kettle drum, watching the second half of the show. 
Yeah, that was cool. I had a better view. I bet so. What What's it like? I've never gotten to see a show like from that angle, at least not a show like that. It's really fun because you can see it better. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm right next to them and I can hear it better. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And you're getting an angle nobody else gets. And, and when we were watching it, we were Vance Brescia was near us. So he was talking to Dylan from time to time as well. He was really nice. And, and everybody on the band was, was talking to Dylan and, you know, complimenting him on the video. It, we were all very nice. Mm-hmm. We interviewed Rich Dart a while back. I got to be part of that. And everybody I've talked to affiliated with them are just really nice people. And I guess you got to meet Rich Dart, too. Yeah, he gave me my his drumsticks. That is so cool. Those are really nifty. You need to hold on to those. Yeah, he's definitely going to do Wait, that. did he put it in my keepsake box? Of course, yes. It's there and they're safely kept right now. Yay. Okay, <laughs> good deal. Because you may want to hold on to the... You never know, you know? Dylan, do you remember what you said to Rich after he gave you the drumsticks? Wait, I forget. Well, you asked if the drums came with them, too. He wasn't quite sure of the tradition, so he's like, wait a minute, do I get the drums too? <laughs> and Rich was playing along, he was like, because they were the house drums. Right. Like, Why don't you just, you know, take them and say it's okay and everything. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> well, you're a very, a very open dad to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think mom would have gone for that. Uh, yeah, oh well. <laughs> And then I heard after the show you met a lot of people out front, including our co-host Melanie Mitchell. Do you remember meeting Melanie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw. I signed her autograph. I was going to ask you about that. She said. She said that that you told her that was your first autograph you did ever. Yeah. Cool. I bet you're going to do a lot more of them if you haven't already. <laughs> Yeah, he hasn't been asked anymore yet, but he's gotten some, you know, some media attention locally as well. Yeah, but. and I think that's really neat, and it's because it's not just, because I spent some time playing around on your YouTube page b- before I interviewed uh, you two the first time, and really, you've done a lot of really nifty videos and a lot of different stuff, really creative. Like, which ones did you watch? I liked, uh, what does the fox say? Yeah. Yeah, any, I th- any others? That's the main one I really remember. It was my favorite one. And I think, did you do some SpongeBob, SpongeBob stuff too? Yeah. Okay, yeah, those were funny too. I like SpongeBob. Yeah, which one was your favorite one? <laughs> well, she might not remember all those. Films. I yeah. think I think I'd say of all of your videos, well, I have to give Monkeys number one because you know, otherwise they can't, might Ken might come back and say I can't be on the podcast anymore. But number two would probably what does would be what does the fox say? But I was wondering, what's your next project going to be? This just doesn't seem to be my day. Oh, so you're going to jump right back into more monkey stuff? Yeah. He, he does have an idea for, for that. We've been talking about it a little bit, so it's very ambitious, we'll say. So, okay. so we'll have to see how that goes. But that's his favorite Monkey song. So. Well, that's a good song. That's one of my favorites, too. And just in case there's anybody out here listening to Zilch who hasn't checked out your videos, how, the, how can they find you? Right, Dylan on Movies. Capital D, Y, L, A, N, capital R, capital M, O, V, I, E, S. Beautiful. And that's in YouTube, right? Yep. Okay, wonderful. Well, everybody, as soon as you get a chance, like not behind the wheel of your car or anything like that, next time you get a chance or just messing around YouTube, check out Dylan R. Movies because this YouTube channel has the zilch seal of approval. 
Well, that's about everything we had for you today, guys. And I'm sure we will be hearing more from Dylan in the future. So thanks for stopping by the Zilch Clubhouse. Yes. Thank you. Bye. 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 Well, that's so cool that he actually got to meet Mickey and everybody, and that's that's a trip. That that is really neat. Imagine imagine being a young person and, and getting to meet the monkeys. That would be so cool. Yeah, and going out on stage and being interviewed. I mean, I to have that kind of stage presence at that young age. He's going places. <laughs> probably, Absolutely. probably to see the monkeys the next time they come around. So <laughs> that's cool. Plus, he got to be uh, in in the newspaper. They they. They made a the big front of the newspaper was all about him and his video, so that's really cool. Mm-hmm. He was also interviewed for morning television. Ah, yes. Excellent, excellent. What a thrill for that young man. So, Melanie, what was the highlight of you seeing them the four times you did? <laughs> oh my goodness! Other than the really trippy uh, video of uh, Long Title. Well, for me, it was always the acoustic set. Um, I loved it every time, and uh, it was a little bit different every time. Uh, They were very relaxed and sort of going with the flow, and sometimes things happened a little bit out of sequence, but but it was always a wonderful thing. One of my favorite moments was that Mickey would sort of pretend like he was interrupting things, but I don't think it it was that spontaneous because he did it on all four shows that I saw, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden say, you know, hey, uh, Peter does this really great uh, variation on Last Train to Clarksville. You know, hey Peter, why don't you why don't you show us how that goes? And then and then Peter would do a like a verse and a half of Clarksville in the Shoe Suede Blues style, with um, the backing band helping out, and that was really really cool. And the audience seemed to like it a lot. Mind you, they'd already done Clarksville in the show, so right. this was like a reprise, but it was a, a, a nice variation. It was nice to hear. As Sarah said, the two solo numbers were. were lots of fun i just i just love the the spontaneous silliness of it um right. one of my favorite moments came in the um, morrisville show the song was she and those who've been to a concert in the last two or three years are probably familiar with a little gag that mickey does during that song <laughs> where he tries to tilt the microphone stand so that it balances on one edge and then when the instrument break comes up, he lets go of the microphone stand and spins in a circle, and the, and the microphone starts to fall, and he catches it. And there are a couple of variations on that joke, but it's been a regular joke in their shows. Mm-hmm. Well, in, uh, I noticed that in Aurelia, he was just using a handheld mic for that song. There was no attempt to reproduce the microphone tilt. But for some reason in Morristown, he was using a handheld mic, but as they approached the instrumental break in the middle of She, he, he sort of grabbed a random mic stand that just happened to be nearby. And when it got to the instrumental break, he tilted it and then just let go. And it fell to the stage with a thud. It didn't matter because it wasn't mic'd, but, you know, <laughs> that's funny. So I really had a, a feeling of, of them sort of making it up as they go along kind of thing, which mm-hmm. I'd realize they're not, but it did have a, a real spontaneous air to it. It was just absolutely so much fun. Yeah. And, uh, having get, gotten to see the old three keys and the three keys with Nez and now Mickey and Peter, they are all three very different vibes on stage. I agree with Melanie that 
the vibe with this was very just spontaneous and laid back and just we're not going to make a de big deal of this we're just going to come out and put on a show and have some fun um i'm not going to try to pick a favorite though because it's just i think i described it earlier like it's trying to pick your best favorite the best flavor of ice cream because you know they're all good so now you you mentioned the solo spots and peter did change the solo spot at some point through the tour he was doing even white men get the blues and then he changed into Saved by the Blues, correct? Yeah, the, they made that change between the Aurelia shows back in April and the Nashville show at the end of July. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why they changed it, but I think it was a good choice. Um, even White Boys Get the Blue is a funny song, but you have to really be paying attention to the words. Right. And um, it's, it's a little on the long side. So I think Saved by the Blues has just a little bit more general appeal. It was, you know, it's a, it's a great song, and it's also semi-autobiographical. He, t he talked about it before he sang the song, mm -hmm. how the, the composer, um, Michael Levine, Levin, mm -hmm. Levine um, I think, yeah. you know, wrote it for him based on things that Peter had told him about his life. And so it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of an inspirational, it's a very inspirational, it's not sort of, it is inspirational. It's tremendously inspirational. <laughs> Makes a heck of a great tune for a workout mix, folks. <laughs> Now, the guys did Cuddly Toy, but they did it in a kind of interesting way. The song was accompanied by the original video of the song from the TV show, with Davy's vocal only on the track, correct? Yeah, they, they isolated Davy's voice on the video. Peter and Mickey sang along with Davy's voice from the video, and the band was playing instead of the band that was on the original record. Yeah, so, so they sang I, the harmony parts. Yeah, I saw it twice in Aurelia, and I gotta say, it didn't work. I'm sorry to say it didn't work. Barely hear Davy. The will was there, but the the technical expertise just wasn't quite. I'm I'm kind of glad they dropped it. It was a nice thought, but uh, all I could hear was Mickey and Peter. Please, Do you think it's the song choice, Melanie? Because I saw Barry Gibb um, last year. And they, he did I Started the Joke, and they had an isolated uh, Robin track, and it really, really worked well. And I think it was because that song has a lot of emotion to it. Cuddly Toy seems a little too upbeat for, a, you know, a dead person to be singing. You know what I mean? Emotionally speaking, I think they had the right idea. This is the way we want to remember Davey. Young, happy. Excellent upbeat. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The problem was in the sound. Yeah, it just the, didn't. It just didn't the, work his out. His image was on the screen, it. but we could not hear him. Now, how did they handle Daydream Believer? Peter started it off. He made quite a ceremony of it too. They didn't announce the song or, or talk about it, 
but at that point in the show he put his you know one hand on the on the keyboard and the other hand he cued rich on the on the drums so that they would start together they didn't make a ceremony out of it Mm -hmm. yeah the same thing was true in nashville though they did have everybody come in on the chorus at the end yeah Yeah, they turn up the lights and we all sing and the band stops playing and it's and people were waving their smartphones and you know yeah it was the moment (laughs) very good very good did anybody have any problems with them touring with just peter and mickey nope no I did not, and I had been a little uh, hesitant is a strong word, but I was kind of interested to see what the result was going to be, but I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I enjoyed it a great deal. Uh, Each permutation of the monkeys that I've seen live has brought a different energy, like I said earlier, but they've all been very good, and they've just been kind of like different ways of viewing essentially this same band, and it really doesn't matter who's up on stage um, as long as it's you know two or more of those guys it's the monkeys and you're guaranteed to have a great evening I'm going to be the um, the other voice here I had no problem with the show I saw it four times and loved it every time would be happily see it again I did have a little trepidation about introducing the two of them and saying here they are the monkeys I kind of would have rather that they say you know, here are Peter and Mickey from the Monkees. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it felt a little I, inadequate, um, insufficient, thin. Um, it was Peter and Mickey in a really great backing band. It was a great show, don't get me wrong, I loved it, and I don't have any dispute with them doing whatever permutations work for them. I'm happy as a lark, but the right. billing them as these are the monkeys did to me seem a little wrong. Mm, I, you know, I, I would be inclined to maybe agree with you if changes didn't exist when you had two <laughs> people on, on an album called the monkeys. And yeah. I, you know what I mean? I mean, I can see where you're coming from though. Yeah. And I would have said the same thing a few years ago. I remember that at some point after the events of 2001, um, when Peter, left the tour for whatever reasons um fired quit fired is is how i (laughs) generally describe it we don't know if they said you're fired or he said i quit first but then that is probably lost to history we love you all it's just saying maybe Um, maybe, hmm? maybe it was said at the exact same moment let's go with that i like that well after the events of 2001 i think they did all four of them came to something of an agreement that they would not go out as the monkeys unless three or more of them were present. And I still think that they are holding to the spirit of that agreement. Two of the three of them who are able to be present went out. That is 66 and two-thirds percent, therefore is okay to be called the monkeys. I'm not saying that Davy's not a monkey. I, please don't don't get it that way. I'm just of of who we still have with us, and it's a majority. I, it it is a it is a majority of of members who are able to be present at this time. Mm-hmm. I hope. I, I I know a lot of people have been a little discouraged or concerned by various comments Peter has made over over the years. In fact, I heard him make one of those to that effect in Nashville that, you know, Mike may or may not be ever coming back, but. 
after 2012, I'm not going to I'm not going to discount the possibility. I will hold out hope that come next year, even if it's just for a few dates, there will be three monkeys on stage. I'll add that, that Peter posted something himself after the first show in California um, about that moment backstage when they were about to go on, and tradi by tradition, apparently going all the way back to the 60s, um, they always started a performance with a, a, a circle hug. And, um, you know, in this particular case, Peter reported, you know, he looked at Mickey, Mickey looked at him, and they just hugged each other because that's the only way they could could do it. Um, that he had a little bit of trepidation too, but he, he felt very good with the way it worked on stage. I did too. I'm just saying that the billing, you know, was, was well, a little odd for me. Well, to me, I think that anybody that's got to see the monkeys, well, as like Jeff said, changes happened. Anytime anybody saw the monkeys that it wasn't the four of them, everybody could say, yeah, I just saw the monkeys last weekend. Well, Mike wasn't there. Well, Davey wasn't there. Well, Pete wasn't there. You know, however it worked. So the monkeys really, there's the other member of the monkeys that we haven't discussed, and that's us. The monkeys doesn't happen if we don't show up. So whoever shows up at the show is the rest of the monkeys in a sense. It is a communal experience and we can celebrate this for a while longer and I hope that we continue to do so. 50 mm -hmm. years is a long time folks yeah. and this is the year that everything's going to happen that can't happen and we hope that Mike, Mickey and Peter get back on stage to get together again but if not they've given us all they ever need to. And I know that these guys won't stop. I don't believe Peter and Mickey know how to stop. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of like mm -hmm. vaudeville. It's in their blood. Yep. This is what they do. Uh, so if you go see the monkeys, you know who's on the stage. And they have to pay a licensing fee to use that name. So they might as well be introduced as the monkeys. So whoever shows up. If it's the monkeys, we hope that everybody has a good time. And having said that, we look forward to this next year as we celebrate 50 years of the monkeys. Jeff and Craig, who knew that we'd be celebrating this many episodes? Who knew that we would be celebrating the 50th year with this podcast when we started this, right, guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And Sarah and Melanie came in and joined us along the way, and here we are together. We, as a podcast and a group of friends, we're looking forward to what is to come. We've been telling you and hoping that this Blu-ray box set would come, even though people said, ah, it's not going to happen. Well, guess what? We told you, and it is happening. Thank you, Andrew Sandoval. Thank you for all the fans out there that love the monkeys enough to make this podcast heard. I mean, if a tree falls down in a forest, nobody hears it. So we could make this show, but if you're not there to download it, you know, it, it doesn't get heard. Tell a friend about Zilch, and I would just like to say I'm, I'm looking forward to the next year or so. Oh, yeah. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Slow things down a bit.
Alright, well, you guys want to sing it out? No. <laughs> Alright. Okay, I guess we won't then. <laughs> and always remember to take some time to monkey around. Craig, you want to hit that button? I got it. Click. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members, past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Burr. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. Oh, man, I'm having such a brain fart. I, I, That's yeah. true. Wow. It's a perfect countdown. Mm-hmm. It's That's the about perfect, the only thing I do perfect on these podcasts. It's the perfect countdown. You could get a job with Mythbusters. You'd count down <laughs> some. Yeah. And with that familiar... God, baby. And with that familiar music, you know you are listening to your Monkeys podcast. Oh, God, it's going to be one of those days. Rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that dumb?